welcome to the Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series in the hospitality tabletop industry. This podcast was originally published on the week of May 11th and runs for approximately 35 minutes. Now, here's your host, Dave Turner. Welcome back, everyone. This is Dave Turner, and I want to welcome you back to Seat Yourself. I'm your host here at Seat Yourself, and Seat Yourself is our weekly podcast covering the world of hospitality. This is segment number eight in our On the Front Lines mini-series, and it's our 74th episode of Seat Yourself. We are back here once again in our Studio B this week, where we'll be joined by Michael Butler. Michael is with Hyatt Hotels and in charge of food and beverage in Europe and in India for Hyatt, and Michael recently penned an article on LinkedIn titled, Don't Forget Hospitality, which we found quite interesting, and we'll be talking to him about that. Michael has also recently started a LinkedIn group, which he calls the Food and Beverage Support Forum, and we want to find out a lot more about that as well. But first, let's get some business out of the way. For anyone just joining us here on Seat Yourself for the first time, this is our On the Front Lines mini-series, and our conversations in this mini-series are all focused on the journey the food service and hospitality industry is going through during this current COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. And just as the situation surrounding the virus is evolving, so are our conversations. And that's why for today's episode, we wanted to speak with Michael Butler, an industry food and beverage veteran who is currently working out of Zurich, Switzerland for Hyatt Hotels, and who has some interesting thoughts and ideas on things to remember as we begin to reemerge and reopen the hospitality world. And so with all of that, I want to welcome Michael Butler to seat yourself in our On the Front Lines miniseries. Hi, everybody. I want to welcome Michael Butler to On the Front Lines. It's our mini-series from our podcast, Seat Yourself. Michael, welcome to the, to our show. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for um, inviting me to this uh, podcast today. I really think it's a, a good thing to do, and thank you for that. Well, Michael, you've been in food and beverage management. I know our listeners are going to be very interested, but because you've been in food and beverage management for quite some time now, both hands-on, uh, operationally and strategically in the hotel sector, mostly in Europe and India and the UK. And recently you started even a, a new LinkedIn group, the Food and Beverage Support Forum. So you've been a pretty busy guy. But uh, can you give our listeners just a quick snapshot of your background and why long ago you fell in love so much with uh, the hospitality industry? Of course, Dave, no problem. Well, I started life as a pizza maker, I have to tell you. I love Um, pizza. When I was 17 years old. And I think um, I got uh, pizza sauce in my blood. So I think it's going around and I really had a bug for taking care of the customers and seeing people. And the main reason why I like it is, is that in this industry, you can join this industry with no degrees, not a, a silver spoon background, and you can make something of yourself. And I think there aren't many industries like that. And for me, this is really, truly why I'm a big fan of hospitality. Career-wise, the, where I started really from pizza making is I ended up being a, a what they call a technical store trainer, opening franchises. It was actually for Domino's Pizza. Um, and I opened probably 35 stores. And from that, I learned how, how to be you know focused on running a business in the true sense. From there on, I ended up getting involved in hotels, became a hotel gen- general manager. Um, I ran a couple of airports, all the food and beverage in some airports. And then I had an opportunity to become a consultant for Morgan's Hotel Group. 
Um, that was in the last recession, funnily enough. And um, from there on, I um, yeah, I ended up working for um, Hyatt International, covering Europe and India um, as food and beverage uh, director for new and existing properties. So that's sort of a quick sum up of my my career. Now you're still uh, with Hyatt now and based in Zurich. Absolutely, yeah, still with Hyatt, based in Zurich. Yeah. Right. You have such a diverse area because when I think about covering Europe, I think about the, the, the yeah, it, we, we sometimes think of Europe as this big block, but they're all really different countries with different, uh, different issues and different situations. And then you have uh, uh, India. Uh, you do a little bit of business in India, too. You're, you're responsible. That, that's fascinating to me, especially in a COVID-19 situation. And uh, um, I, I wonder about the nuanced differences. That I know like Sweden didn't close down really at all, but then you have other countries that are more locked down. Italy obviously has had its problems. So it's, it's got to have been a, a turbulent ride for you in the last couple of months. Indeed. I think, I think though, if we, if we take India, for example, I think the government there were very quick to react and, and give really tight lockdowns. And I think that protected a lot of spread. If you look at the number of cases in India, it was very low. And um, I think that they are, you know, they're progressing out of that very shortly. So I think India's in a good situation. I think in Europe, I think the, the challenge with Europe is that uh, a lot of the governments, I think, waited to see what was going to happen. So we have the varying um, impacts on the different countries. For example, the UK, we can see had significantly high um, in, uh, cases and death rates. We can also see you know, Spain and Italy the same, but also equally you can see Germany, which handled, you know, the cases very well and managed to keep control. So I think there is a wide, a wide um, bag, if you will, of, of outcomes from the COVID-19 impact. But I think, you know, in essence, you know, it's really about social distancing, which depending on which countries took the action quickest is where we see the best outcome. Well, uh, the reason we wanted, I wanted to get you uh, on our program today is uh, in your new uh, role as administrator for the LinkedIn group, the new LinkedIn group, you posted an article called Don't Forget Hospitality on the reopening plans for operators that are coming out of the COVID-19 situation. And I really want to get into that article. But before we do, since you're based in Zurich, what's life like on the ground in Zurich these days? Well, today, all the restaurants are, I say all, some of the restaurants are opening, but all could open, providing that they have in place the correct processes and procedures in terms of the government recommendations. I think, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. The I have to say, too, it wasn't in, in Zurich and uh, um, Switzerland. It hasn't been a complete lockdown. Actually, the government has put strong recommendations in and people in this country have pretty much adhered to those, those social distancing and staying at home. The schools were obviously locked down and, and people worked from home. But in reality, it's, you know, the, I think it's been fairly good compared to places like Dubai where you've had absolute complete lockdown in your apartment and you can't leave it. In, in Switzerland, you can get out and about a little bit. So it's, it's, it's not been too bad here. So they've been a little bit flexible there. And uh, are they back to school yet there? They start today. Um, start it, today. Yep, start today. And it's not full time in school. They have uh, split the school. So half the class goes in the morning and half the class goes in the afternoon um, for social distancing purposes within the schools. 
I, I know for working parents here, uh, that's a big issue of um, who's minding the children, how do what do we do during the day. Uh, uh, if you're working from home now and you have uh, children, are you trying to homeschool them one minute and work do some work the next minute? So it's been a juggling act for parents probably all over the world. Yeah, I think this is this has been been very tough um, in terms of children. Um, I do. I will say though that one of the benefits, probably from working from home, is that you know for a lot of people this has probably helped some way towards that. But um, I agree, it's been um, very difficult for parents having to balance uh, childcare, um, homeschooling, and um, yeah, someone being available for that. I, th- I agree with you a hundred percent. Michael, now I, I want to start in and talk a little bit about you, this article, Don't Forget Hospitality. Uh, I thought it was really well-written and it, it's detailed, yet it was strategic enough and macro enough and flexible enough for operators to adapt it to their specific circumstances because uh, it, it's whether it's in Europe versus India or Europe versus the, uh, America, and even within America, we have differences within states and then even within a state, within counties within the state. So um, the the the, the uh, guidelines or, or lockdown as we come out of it are all different everywhere you go. But I really liked uh, some of the, the, the big broad brush uh, uh, ideas you had there. How did you decide to write Don't Forget Hospitality? It was actually out of frustration, if I'm honest with you, Dave. I was watching and been paying attention to a lot of the press releases that have been coming out from the different hotel groups and from some of the restaurant groups. And it's all been about, you know, safety, um, all been about disinfection. And while I think this is absolutely 100% the correct thing to have in place, a safety framework according to the government guidelines, I don't think that is enough in itself for people. I think, you know, if people risk going out to a restaurant or a bar or a hotel, then in their particular case, they need to they need to have more than just the, the, the safety aspect. They need to have an experience. And I think people or operators should be putting as much um, attention into Given all of these these boundaries, giving all the fear in the media, giving all the pressure they're going out, I think if we really want people to move away from ghost kitchens, home deliveries, we have to be more than a hospitalized restaurant or a, an office block um, with partitions in. So this is really um, what what drove me to to write the article. It was it was really out of frustration, and I wanted to people to think about hospitality equally within the safety of framework uh, uh, of safety framework and this was the issue for me well i love the fact that you had in there a comment that there was one operator that you saw that uh, said leave a hint of disinfectant i i, I think that's an amazing uh comment uh, for an operator to make just to let people know that we really worked hard to keep it safe for you uh, I can't think of anything more distracting than uh, the, the scent of disinfectant if I were sitting down to have my first meal after COVID-19. In the idea of forgetting hospitality, uh, do you think that that's possible? I mean, when I when I talk to hospitality people, wherever they are in the world, there's a passion and uh, a belief in uh, uh, the ideal of uh, service to others. In uh, the people that I know that are truly successful in uh, in uh, hospitality, particularly in the food and beverage end of it, the lodging another another whole category too. But particularly in food and beverage, that ideal of serving others uh, really. Uh, really resonates. And um, I can't imagine that the people that I know would ever forget to be hospitable. But I guess in these days, uh, there's so much emphasis on safety. Yeah, maybe they would. 
Yeah, I think this is this is this is the problem. And and for me, um, you know, food, if we think about food and drink, is something that we do with people we love, we care about. You know, they ha- you know, in the house with families, with weddings, you go out to a restaurant for special occasions. And I think it's really important that we focus on that emotional element of the food and drink experience and not just the the the, the disinfection. Of course it's a given, but as we know, when you get on an aeroplane and it takes off. The pilot doesn't say, you know, oh, the place, the plane is safe. It's safe. It's safe. And the the aircraft carriers focus on your journey as a passenger on that aircraft. And for us, I think this is the new way of working. We have a safety framework. It has to be in place. It's an absolute given. Now, let's do what we're good at, which is build connections and emotions with our guests and give them great memories and and you know an experience that they want to share with others beyond safety. Yeah, I, I think the in in some of the conversations I've had, <clears throat> uh, the analogy, if there is any analogy at this point, uh, for me is the first flight I got on after 9-11, um, leaving out of Dulles Airport, heading to Mexico. Uh, you could have heard a pin drop, and everybody was uh, just white knuckling, uh, hanging onto the seats. And uh, I, I think that um, we, I wouldn't say quickly got over that, but we no longer... We, we no longer are nervous getting on planes, or at least we weren't, and uh, that dissipates after a while, and uh, hopefully this will as well. And I, and I think that, uh, I mean, everybody's right to be concerned and uh, nervous, but I think also uh, humans are hardwired for connection, and I can't think of a better forum, a better platform for humans to connect than a restaurant and a hospitality situation. Absolutely. And I, you know, just just I want to mention something to you that the Jean-Vier Wong told a really nice story, which and this is sort of another thing that goes in my mind, which is one day he was cooking in the kitchen. And uh, when he was cooking in the kitchen, the phone rang. He picked the phone up and the voice over the telephone said, I'm really sorry, um, your daughter has just died. And what he did was he put the phone down. He went back to back to cooking in his kitchen and he said nothing. And he said that in the restaurant, there was quiet. And what, it, what he realized is that emotions transfer to food. So I think it's really important that, you know, when we think about food and we think about the staff and we think about the chefs cooking, that we keep it positive and we keep it focused on the experience, again, within the framework of safety. But I think we need to keep it in that, in that emotional connection um, experience where people can go home and say, you know what, that was worth me going outside of my house going in transport, taking the risk because we know COVID-19 has not been completely eliminated and you can wear a mask, you can do whatever you want, but there is still a risk pre-vaccine. So if they're taking that risk, we have to really put a lot of effort in to make sure that someone has an experience that's to remember in a good, positive way. Yeah, I, I think it, I think that's really important that that connection, and uh, never more so than now. I think too. I want to I, I want to uh, remember uh, remind everybody, all our listeners, to uh, you can find uh, Michael Butler's article on called "Don't Forget Hospitality." You'll find it on LinkedIn. It's a great article. It's well thought out, and it's uh, really applicable to I would say any market. You wrote this with no specific uh, markets in mind. You just more of a macro. Uh, things with with great suggestions. One of the other uh, really su- uh, quick suggestions I want to touch on is this idea of uh, getting uh, customer insights so you can adapt and, and evolve your protocols as you go. Uh, getting feedback on the new on the, what the customers' expectations are in your particular restaurant or marketplace. 
Yes, absolutely. I think that's what we need to remember, that this is absolutely about the customer. And the we will all, obviously all open our restaurants and bars and hotels, and we will position it in a certain way. We may not have it right. And I think, you know, it's very important to listen to the customer. And within, again, the framework of safety, we adjust and pivot the experience to make sure our customers want to come back. If we don't do that right, we know what the flip side is. They will stay home and cook and they will order food from delivery platforms. So, you know, this is why we have to do this. Well, it's a great it's a great uh, article, Michael, and I appreciate you writing that. And it was great. I'm glad you shared that with us. And uh, I, again, I want to remind all our listeners to go check it out on, uh, on Michael's uh, um, feed on LinkedIn. It's called Don't Forget Hospitality. We're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, Michael, I want to talk about the Food and Beverage Support Forum Group, what it is, what the goals are, who you're looking for as members, what the future plans and that kind of thing. So we'll be right back with Michael Butler from Hyatt hotels in Zurich, Switzerland. This episode of See Yourself is sponsored in part by the Edward Donna Company. Everything but the food for nearly 100 years. And if you're not yet signed up for Tabletop Journal's bi-monthly newsletter, now would be a great time to do so. Go to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. It's quick and easy to sign up and a great way to stay on top of all the important goings on in the world of hospitality tabletop. That's tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. Now, back to our podcast. Okay, everybody, we're back here with Michael Butler from Hyatt Hotels in Zurich, Switzerland, and we've been talking about his fantastic article called Don't uh, Don't Forget Hospitality that's on LinkedIn. You can find it there on Michael's feed. Michael, I want to talk about your new LinkedIn group that you started, Food and Beverage Support Forum Group. Can you tell me a little bit about that, tell our listeners really what that's all about, its goals, the types of members you're looking for, and maybe some of the future plans? Very happy to, Dave. Thank you. Um, Let me explain to you where the idea came from first, if I may. What happened was is that um, when China had uh, COVID-19 and it hadn't quite reached Europe and India, the regions that I take care of, everybody was saying, let's see what happens. Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. And then when I um, was talking to friends outside of the business who work in other industries, I found out that other companies were saying the same thing. And I think this situation isn't one of those. I think this situation is where we have to make decisions about what we want to do. I think people in this type of situation, people need connection, they need direction, they need leadership, and they need a place where they can understand and find out more about things. So this is where the idea came from. I thought if I could create a space where people could be safe and there is trust in terms of they could put their opinion into uh, an article, and um, it, they wouldn't be shot out of the air for that. It was safe to do so, that people could learn from them. And I also thought that if I could bring a community together, then what this would mean is we could put all of those great minds together, all of those great experiences we have, and we can find some solutions for some of our problems that are facing us as an industry. And I felt this way it would be you know, worthwhile, resourceful, um, not only now in, in the COVID-19 situation, but post that, I thought, Perhaps, you know, as an industry, it could be a place where we could continue to share ideas in a place where you're free and not tied to any particular um, suggestion or way of thinking. It's, it's, it's about collaboration. So this was really where it came from. And what has been the reaction so far? Because it hasn't. When did you start to grow? I mean, it's, the group is just in the last uh, six weeks or so. 
No, I started it. Um, actually, it's four weeks today. Four weeks. Four weeks today. The baby is brand new. The baby is brand new, and um, we have, I think, if, if I remember correctly, four thousand, almost four thousand five hundred members now. Wow. Majority of these members are in management positions. Um, it doesn't mean that they're being that people who aren't in management positions are being filtered out. It's more that I think the topics and the conversations towards this this kind of thing, uh, you know, thinking. The other thing that I actually have to say too is that, and this is a disappointment in a way to me that I, we have to try and find a way to 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 solve, is that predominantly everybody is from hospitality. But of course, when you think about the issues and the challenges we're facing, perhaps the thinking needs to come from outside of our industry because people think differently and we're in our sort of hamster wheel, you know, thinking about the past and how we did things. And to try and break that, sometimes you need to look from an outside with a different lens. So this is really where I would want to really try and grow the membership. Everybody eats food. Everybody goes out and eats and drinks. And I really would love... Um, people to join that and contribute to to some suggestions and solutions. Yeah, it's interesting you say that the majority have been in management, but uh, I'm thinking that if I'm just starting out a career in food and beverage, uh, this is absolutely something that I want to get involved with and I want to be following. And because I can learn so much from people, uh, just all I have to do is log on to my computer and just um, read and learn and absorb uh, from the experience of others, people like yourself that have really been at this for a long time. And uh, But I also agree agree too with what your point about uh, sometimes we get so insular in all our business. I come from the supply side of food and beverage, uh, the tabletop side and everything. And uh, I know as uh, coming out of that background, um, sometimes as suppliers, we all would uh, we all would just be very focused on what we do well rather than what you, our customers, you, the food and beverage people really are looking for or what the general uh, consuming public who's going there. They're, they're, uh, this is a fast moving business, you know, and it's one where it, uh, the products and that we provide, whether they be uh, tabletop products or whether they be food and beverage products, really help that connection process we talked about so much in the first segment of the show. Yeah, agreed. And I, I again, I think this is a major part of the forum where, where it is bringing people together. If you think about it, Dave, many people are furloughed on unpaid leave or lost their jobs. You know, if you're in this situation, you know, it's not a good thing to be on your own and feeling isolated. And I think the forum and the community of the forum creates a great platform where people can share that experience and also look and learn. And hopefully, you know, through this, we can get through it together and they will, you know, come out the other end in better shape than they would have done in isolation. So, you know, this is another for me, another reason for the community or the online platform. Well, I, I can. I, I was. I'm surprised to hear it's only four weeks uh, old. The baby's still brand new, as I said. Um, and you've got 4,500 people that are signed up and are very interested in it already and want to get involved. And I can expect that that number is only going to grow. Uh, I'm envisioning uh, right off the top. I said, "Geez, you, you've got so many different uh, communities, sub communities, if you will, of that food and beverage uh, community itself." So, what are your future plans for the for the the group? Do you have any specific uh, avenues or educational forums and that kind of thing? So um, really, just very recently, literally it was um, 10 days ago, I started to build a team of people who are very well qualified across the industry. So far, we have 10, 10 people from all sorts of 
positions and roles across the industry, from human resources to technology to branding and marketing. And, um, you know, equally, we have people like myself in the role that I have. Um, and we have another person that is into uh, um, self-order, self-pay software. And we, we're working together. And they're sort of what we plan to do is launch them in their own right so that there are key personalities within the platform that enable it to reach a much wider audience. So it's not really about any one person. It's really about the community and with key people who have expertise um, sharing that um, in, a, in a real content way, rather like the, you know, the article that I wrote, um, rather than just, you know, taking an article from a news channel and sharing it, that it will be personal opinions from experts um, in the platform. So this is, this is what we're, we're focusing on. There are uh, a couple of things that have happened during this COVID-19, and we always seem to focus on the negatives. But isn't it interesting that during this, uh, I always love these phrases, they use challenging times or unprecedented times and all that. But uh, during this uh, tough situation for our business in particular, that you've been able to uh, to start a group that has attracted 4,500 members in four weeks and that now uh, we're communicating all over the world. The technology allows us to reach out to people all over the world and we can provide different ideas, different thoughts, because there is no roadmap out of uh, a situation like we have right now. And that roadmap is being written every day and every part of the world. Now, this is true. The thing is, the one thing, the one common thing across the world, which I think is a unique thing, I think, you know, the one thing you can say is, you know, the silver lining if in a way of COVID-19 is that it has brought people together in the one thing that everybody's experiencing together. There isn't any role, any position in any company that is not being impacted by this. So I think from a global, you know, bringing people together um, is, is, is a good thing. And I think the, the forum is seeing the traction from this because people understand that across the world, it covers all boundaries, all positions, all roles, that we're all in this together in the same boat. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult time, no doubt, and uh, there's no question about that. But, uh, but it is, we're fortunate enough to live in a time when technology can allow us to uh, connect in a way um, that just several years ago you couldn't. And that's the speed of business, and, and, uh, and it's really important now that more so than ever to people, as you said, for people not to feel isolated. I know in this new miniseries we're, we're doing on the front lines, that's been a goal of ours is to bring people from all over, not only the United States, but all over the world to let people know just that they're not in it alone. Uh, everybody has similar issues. Absolutely, 100%. And I, I, you know, just to tap onto that a little bit, if you think about it, people have been furloughed, locked down across the world. And suddenly, you know, the governments are going to open the doors. This is a very difficult situation to come from. One of fear that you've heard on the media continually bombarding you of death and illness to suddenly you are a little bit free. And I think, you know, again, forums like ours, you know, will help people and give them a, you know, a little bit of comfort in knowing what's going on in the world and what practices to do and how to take care of yourself and what, you know, other people are thinking. So this is, you know, for me, another important aspect of the forum. I know, I know in a lot of the conversations we've had recently, uh, talking to individuals in different marketplaces, whether it's Chicago, whether it's uh, Amsterdam or wherever it is, Copenhagen, everybody's got lots of questions and there are very few answers. And, uh, and 
I think to understand that and to be okay with that, um, pretty interesting. I love the resilience of our industry. The people in it are the best. Uh, and also, in addition to the resilience, I love the creativity and how they're solving this. And people have different ways of solving the problem in their particular market. And I think the sharing of those. And so I congratulate you on the on the uh, initiation of the Food and Beverage Support Forum Group. Uh, everybody uh, that's on LinkedIn should go and check it all out. Or if you just go to, I think, Michael, if we just go to, to your feed they'll find plenty about the food and beverage support forum group absolutely yeah if you just f find me on linkedin michael butler um i work for hyatt so if you find that then you know you've found the right person that's um, home base right now yes exactly yes but i'm but i'm also fascinated that you're going to have these key personalities and and do these uh and so it's not as you say it's not just a michael butler group it's going to be lots of help for lots of different segments of, of the food and beverage industry so congratulations on that no, I think I think it's not a time about any one person. There's a lot of people out there, a lot of experience. And, you know, the door is open for anybody that wants to contribute. Um, these people um, who put their names forward, you know, are people that got interested and can see that the benefit that it can bring to the hospitality and our community of, of hospitality workers and people who love to eat and drink um, who don't work and live in hospitality. So they joined out of their willingness to want to help and support other people. So, you know, if you're in that boat, um, send me a message and uh, we can expand. Well, that's terrific, Michael. I want to help you get the word out on that because I do, uh, we all love this business, this industry of food and beverage, and uh, we all may have different roles, different spots in the, in, in the game, but uh, different positions in the game, but we're all in it together. You're right. That's very good. Michael, finally, I really appreciate your time uh, today. And I just want to, throughout your career in F&B, you've done a lot of developing food and beverage strategies, both property level and regionally. And you have so much experience and it's great. Is there any last words of advice you may have for operators, whether they be a hotel chain like Hyatt or, or even a small independent operator? Yes, I, I do. I think if I, I will start with what I, is clearly the most important thing, which is follow your local government guidelines in terms of recommendations around how you should operate your hotel, restaurant or bar to keep your employees safe and your guests safe who come to eat and drink with you or, or as much as possible. But I also think that, you know, it's a time where we need to focus on what we can do differently and better. It's a time where we should be prepared to try new things, listen to our customers adjust where we need to. And I also think it's another time, it's a, it's a time where we need to, you know, listen to others, um, particularly people who are being impacted and sharing our knowledge and expertise without fear of, you know, competitive advantage and all of this sort of thing. As, as across the world, we're all in this together. And I think if we do this, then we have a good chance of coming out of it in a very good, positive way. Um, so for me, if, if I'm in an industry or in hospitality, I would just make sure I keep up to date. You can use forums like ours, share, learn what other people are doing. Um, if you have an idea, share it, get other people's opinion. Again, a forum like ours is good because you can say, I'm thinking of doing ABC and you will find the good and the bad of that. Um, so I think, you know, this is what I think is really important. Many hotels and businesses have what I call um, uh, decision paralysis. There are so many opinions, so many views that they don't know which way to go or which one to take. What I'm going to say is providing it's in the in the realms of not breaking safety, now's the time to try. Now's the time, you know, to put into place something you want to try from an experience 
to make someone's life better or to do something differently. That's what I think is is what uh, is what I recommend, and we should be doing. Yeah, I think it's uh, everybody. As I said before, everybody has lots of questions and not many answers. And one of the places now they can go for some of the answers, at least, uh, is the new food and beverage support forum group that you established. Congratulations again on that, Michael. That's really super. Michael, I really appreciate you being with us today. I don't want to burn up your whole day here, but this has been fantastic. And I hope you let me come back to you down the road a little bit and we can talk more about the Food and Beverage Support Forum group as it grows and expands and it goes in its different directions. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for having me on the show. And I would be very grateful to have another opportunity in the future. We will look forward to it. That's Michael Butler, everybody, with Hyatt Hotels in Zurich, Switzerland. And if you want to find out more about the Food and Beverage Support Forum Group, go and you'll find it all you need to know on his link, on his uh, LinkedIn feed. And be sure to check out his article, Don't Forget Hospitality. It's well worth the read. Michael, thanks again for joining us. We'll look forward to seeing you down the road. Thank you, Dave. Well, that's it for this week's episode as we continue our On the Front Lines mini-series right here on Seat Yourself. It was great catching up with Michael Butler in Zurich today and getting his thoughts on the reawakening of the hospitality industry all around the globe. And of course, as we continue our conversations in our On the Front Lines series, we'll keep bringing you the thoughts and comments of industry experts and leaders from all corners of our listening audience. And if you're interested and want to learn more about Michael and his new LinkedIn group, the Food and Beverage Support Forum, you can look up Michael's feed on LinkedIn, and there will be all the information, the proper links. They'll all be there, I'm sure. So again, I want to thank Michael Butler for joining us today. And I especially want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us as well. And don't forget, we've got a special edition of Seat Yourself coming this Wednesday with Copenhagen's Zandel Ritson Hansen joining us. This time, Zandel will be with us for the entire episode to discuss cocktails to go, and how they can help create a vibe for your restaurant or bar and add value to your takeaway experience. Plus, they might bring some much needed extra sales and profitability to your restaurant and bar as well, and you won't want to miss that. So once again, I'm Dave Turner, and we'll see you right here next time on our next episode of Seat Yourself. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com.